0: welcome to canucks after dark
1: here are your hosts parker hallowell and clay emo good evening vancouver 10 p.m here on wednesday august the 4th it is the first real week of downtime in the off season. So we've got a lot of time to try to fill tonight as always joined by my wonderful co-host Canuck Clay. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday night? Parker, I'm in a really good mood always because
0: we get to hang out at least
1: once a week, but um,
0: I'm off work for a couple of weeks. I've written my final exam. So I am loving life right now. And I see you are too. I saw a tweet with like two dozen packages of Skittles in one of your backpacks.
1: You got to always be prepared. I'm going up, I'm going up on a little vacation uh, for the weekend oh. here and you got to be, you got to be prepped for anything. And that anything is going to be me being very snacky. Uh, so Skittles are going to be on the agenda.
0: Well-deserved. Well-deserved.
1: You, you deserve a break too, man. You've been working hard. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, a bit of things to talk about tonight, but over the last four weeks or so, it's been very busy in the hockey world. Uh, We had expansion draft, we had real draft, we had free agency, Uh, a bunch of stuff happened. So we haven't had a lot of time to answer your questions at the end of our shows. Usually we would take about 10 minutes and do that. We've basically not had time to do that. So that's gonna be a big part of today's show, especially with the Canucks uh, not really having a ton of news this week. Uh, So the first half, maybe a little more than half of the show is topics we have planned out as we usually do, but uh, have some questions ready for us later on in the show if you want. Uh, And if you're listening to this after the fact, if you're listening uh, to the YouTube VOD or in the podcast form, well, maybe next time come join us live at 10pm on Wednesday nights, at least for now, Wednesday nights, we will get to that later. uh, Over (laughs) on YouTube, uh, just search Canucks after dark, you will find us there. Uh, Clay, where do you want to get started tonight?
0: Well, I was just thinking, because I know we're going to talk about Wednesdays a bit later, but we've done Wednesdays for the past month. A lot of Canucks news and NHL news has broken on Wednesday. But really, when I look at the the week that was, Parker, I think the one main, uh, aside from waiting for contracts for Pedersen and Hughes, I think the one the one thing that sticks out to me is uh, our newly acquired center from Dallas, Jason Dickinson, filing from for salary arbitration. Now, I'll start this off, and then you can jump in, and we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. This is not anything to f- for us to freak out about. This is a normal course of business is basically whenever a restricted free agent and a team hasn't come up with a deal by a certain date. And we don't worry because last year, there were about 26 of these players that filed for arbitration and only one, Tyler Bertuzzi, only one of those cases actually got to arbitration. The other 25 times, the team and the player came up with some sort of deal. It does put a little bit of pressure on both sides to to negotiate, but the good thing also about this one is it's not like we're going to walk in a room and say, Jason Dickinson, you're not that good of a player. and This is why you only deserve 2.2. He's never played for us. So uh, that's a, that's one small blessing of this situation is um, I don't worry about burn bridges, hurt feelings, any of that. And I, quite frankly, I think they're going to get it done before whenever the hearing is. What do you think, man?
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where for an RFA, it's just one of the things that a player has at their disposal. It's a tool that they have, and they really have no reason not to use it if they're arbitration eligible. Uh, It really just puts sort of a hard stop on things. Uh, It's a it's a deadline that neither player or team really want to get to, but it's there to sort of accelerate the process being like, all right, Let's get this done. I'm moving myself up in the priority list here. Uh, Let's hammer out a contract. Like you mentioned, it's rare that things do go to arbitration. We've heard some horror stories in the past (laughs) about arbitration, although we've also heard that it's not really like that anymore. Um, I think Brian Burke had some good stories uh, that we've heard in the past, but uh, yeah, it's not something I'd really, again, it's not something you really have to worry about. Uh, I think in arbitration, you can only get a one year deal out of it uh and it's just basically they both sit in a room if you don't know what arbitration is uh player and agent sit in a room gm and his advisors sit in a room and they say and the the player says and his agent says this is why i deserve this much money uh this is my ask uh Mm -hmm. they'll usually ask for an outlandish amount of money and then the team will say our, our goal is to pay this absurdly little amount of money. And this is why you suck and you're not good enough. And we we don't even really want you here, but we'll pay you this much. And at the end of the day, the arbitrator sits down, listens to the arguments, usually ends up right in the middle of whatever their numbers are. And that's mm-hmm. just where they end up on a one year contract.
0: Now, the club cannot walk away from it unless it's $4.5 million or more. Jason Dickinson will not be awarded no. $4.5 million. But I believe that Jason Dickinson has the right to walk. Oh
1: no! Does that sound right? Because then it he'd become a UFA. It I should I know think, this, but I don't think. I don't think he'd become a UFA. But I, th- I think you could say no. I don't really. I don't. I don't think yeah. anyone can say no. I don't know. Maybe it is binding. I guess that's the whole point. Regardless, let's just be,
0: yeah, let's just be happy that there's no arbitration for like Canucks After Dark because then I don't know, I don't can't handle what Parker would say about me in front of an arbitrator. But the, why this is important is because this is gonna um, whatever he makes, that's three million, two and a half million less well, that we are expecting though. That you can't pay Pedersen Hughes, and I think Parker, that's kind of the thing that's on the back of everyone's mind still, right? That's the biggest off-season thing. Would you would you say that's looming?
1: Absolutely. And I do want to just yeah. uh, correct both of us here. And uh, according awesome. to this article, at least, uh, it says that the, uh, the team gets 48 hours to make a decision. Okay. If they decline, then the player becomes a UFA. Ah. Uh, so basically, that's sort of, you know, gives extra so the player can't walk away. But the team uh, can say no and just let the player walk, which wouldn't happen uh, in this okay. case, at least. So, uh, no real worries here. And I think I don't think either team or player want a one year deal in this case. So, I'm sure that they'll just hammer something out uh, beforehand. I
0: agree. I agree with you.
1: Yep. So, then
0: whatever he makes, um, yeah, then you go on to thank you for that correction, though. That's really good to know. I guess I should have looked that up before I started talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. And then uh, you can tell us that kind of podcast. And then uh, he was in Pedersen. And you know what's interesting, uh, Parker, there are more people. I'm not sure if you, I don't think I actually put a banner, but maybe you can whip one up, just a new contract for what well, you say, do whatever you want. But I think some people are saying that there's a chance that instead of two bridge deals that you could get one bridge and one long term out of the money that's remaining. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and if that's the case, you probably, Hughes will make less money. So maybe that's the one you go long term on. But who knows mm. When car's making so much. East Canada making so much. What's he was gonna ask for?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of money being thrown around at defensemen. <laughs> um, I, what I had heard was what it's is sort of looking like bridge bridge potentially. Okay. because uh, the Canucks might just be thinking they, I mean, they've kind of made a lot of money available for right now, right? So they're kind of yeah. saying like, all right, well, maybe we'll go bridge, bridge, bring the dollars down, yeah. uh, which I don't love because again, you sort of, you know, you look at Brock Besser as an example, uh, who had that, that bridge contract, he's going to probably get a good chunk of money next year, or mm-hmm. if the Canucks had gone longer term and spread out that money over a longer time, he might've been cheaper in the years to come, at least for the remainder of that contract. It really only makes a big difference for a couple of years, yeah. uh, but definitely, uh, definitely something to, to keep in mind. Good point. Do you
0: worry? You know how uh, we won't get into it too much, but Quinn Hughes is in, is in the special class where you can't be offer sheeted. Yep. He has no arbitration, right? It's called a 10.2 C black right. hole player, but we've seen guys like Johnny Goudreau, like uh Tory Krug actually hold out and actually yep. not.
1: Yeah. Not. Come yeah, to camp. William yeah. Nylander was a good example of that yeah. as well uh, in Toronto. Yeah. Do um, you worry? Do you worry? So I was listening, I was listening to the van cast the other day and mm-hmm. what they were saying basically, um, was that don't be surprised if it takes until training camp. And that's just okay. because Quinn Hughes has no leverage in this case. So it's yeah. not really a super high priority, right? Uh, he, the, the player's only leverage is holding out, right? So for it's in the player's best interest to wait as long as possible up until training camp, uh, unless, you know, they get an offer that they really like, and then they just get it done uh, and move on. Uh, right. and for, for the team, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we can just take care of other business because he's not going anywhere. There's no threat of him getting offer sheeted. Not that that really happens in the NHL anyways. <laughs> um, so you I, I think, you know, in both cases and we saw it with Besser, right? For Brock Besser, it took, you know, he, he missed the first couple of days of training camp. I remember he missed the bag skate and that was a big talking point. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's, that I, it's, was something smart, that, then. <laughs> it's something that could happen. But it's not something I don't think we should be super stressed out if it's yeah. September 18th and he doesn't have a contract yet, because I think right. it'll be right around the corner at that point.
0: Good. Well, thank you, Parker. Thank you for calming not only my nerves, which I'm pretty calm admittedly, but for calming maybe all of
1: our listeners as well. Everybody I, I think the- panic, panic. <laughs> Quinn Hughes is leaving the Vancouver Canucks. He's he's going to the KHL. He quits. No, there's no. Yeah, there. He will be on the ice for the Vancouver Canucks on opening night. And if not, if he really holds out, he'll be in the lineup by a couple yeah. weeks after that. But I, I'm not concerned in the slightest.
0: Fair enough. So I think the takeaway from both of us here is uh, don't be surprised, uh, fellow Canucks fans, if this does take until September, don't be surprised if it's not done in the next two weeks, because yeah, you're right with Hughes, he's got no leverage. So the Canucks really no rush. They, they probably want to do Dickinson, avoid arbitration. They want to do PD who's you could argue is the more important contract. And then, go from there?
1: Well, we do know the Canucks have the ability to sign 18 contracts in a day. Uh, so <laughs> the, yes, look, we always talk about sort of this process. It's like, well, you gotta do one guy at a time. These all take time. Well, clearly they don't take that much time. If the, if the Canucks can go out there, uh, a week ago today and just fling out contracts like nothing. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that it can get done, but again, lots of those guys that did get done. Uh, last week are lower echelon players, right? The Tucker yes. and Travis Hamnick, Brandon Sutter, guys like that, uh, yeah. Phil DiGiuseppe. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys where you know there, there's not a bunch of nuance to the contracts. It's a, it's a year, it's a dollar value. There's no trade protection to worry about, not that there really would be in, in Patterson Hughes' case unless they're long-term. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just a little more nuance, and just these these contracts are a lot more important than those other ones. At the end sure, of the day, for sure.
0: Can you please put up Tiger Burns's uh, comment ten oh eight, where it says Abbotsford is very deep, going to be deep. Yeah, it's uh, a I few can up. Find it. Awesome, and it's kind of what you're just talking about, Parker. Because um, yes, they signed those seventeen or eighteen contracts on that first day of free agency. But what was fascinating, and I want to plug one of your videos from this week, which I thought was excellent, where you compared what this roster might look like this season to the bubble, the one that one that just made it to the playoffs about a year ago from now, a year ago today, basically. And one thing that, aside from getting into you know the, the top players, is we seem to be a lot deeper. Like, you're your a 7th 8th defenseman this year. It's a battle between Yulevi, Shen, and Hunt. Like, actual, in Shen and Hunt, actual NHL players, as opposed to... Got who knew who knew what we'd have to who they had to pull up uh, last year. So I liked the video, so I want to plug that. But I want to also say, kind of agree with what Tiger said: is that with all these guys who have actually flirted with pros, uh, we're gonna have a much more competitive team in Abbotsford this year.
1: Absolutely, and the only the only issue with that is the Canucks have a lot of these you know depth guys. They yeah. just don't have that real higher end to mm-hmm. uh, to that. They just they sort of have a lot of four to eight guys. It feels like. Uh, and not a lot of one, two threes. Um, but the depth is good. And hopefully we see it every year with the, uh, I guess we'll get rid of this. Uh, we yeah. see this, we see this every year with the whole, uh, you know, Jim Bennings end of year press conference. Well, well injuries, you know, caught up <laughs> to us and all this stuff. And look, every team in the league has injuries for one. Um, and now you actually have the depth and now there shouldn't be any excuse. Um, yeah, the travel sucks for Vancouver. We're in the top corner, basically uh, as far away yeah. from everyone as possible, especially the East coast teams. Um, but yeah, they, the Canucks do have a lot of depth. They have a lot of, a lot of guys who can at least come in and step in, uh, and not, you know, not be lost in the NHL.
0: Yep. Totally fair. And, uh, I think we talked about this last
1: time, or maybe I've asked you two times ago, you think you'll get out to some Abby games? Yeah, probably. There's a yeah. uh, you know no reason why not. At least a couple, um, yeah. and uh, you know, not that I'm By like the w- super fired up, but yes, I'll definitely. By check the it way, out.
0: I won't divulge his or her identity, but I know of someone who picked up a pair of tickets for the Canucks and the Kraken in Seattle for the end of December. Oh, Wow! So I, I don't, I didn't ask where the seats were, but let's just say they are standard, cheaper seats. I, I presume, right? Right. Yes. I don't want to lead you here, but Parker, guess how much this person paid for each ticket? They Just bought buying
1: sec- secondary market?
0: No, they bought them actually a uh, primary from like from whatever oh, ticket boy. master.
1: Yeah. Uh but it was well, still
0: way say, I'll give you a hint, it was way more expensive than I thought.
1: I'm gonna say like one thirty US maybe yeah. one fifty, one sixty. This person told me they were two sixty US a ticket. Jeez, that's that's absurd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is that is too much money for like an upper bowl ticket um but wow. maybe
0: okay this person didn't say they're upper bowl, so maybe this person splurged and they have way more money than right. than uh, i won't say you i don't i won't judge but i know they have more money than i do if they're paying 260 us so what's that 350 canadian or 300 canadian
1: yeah, that's a per that's, ticket. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's a it's a brand new team, brand new market. Their season tickets sold out right away, and it's a local <laughs> yeah. team. It's uh and it's out. I, you said late December, so is that going to be yeah, you know, December twenty seventh? Is during decade. the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, it's just asking asking for for prices to go up. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to our next. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. One correction. Uh, January one. It's a New Year's Day game, oh, so maybe that's why cool. they were able to yeah, jack the maybe. prices. Yeah. My bad. Um, no worries. Uh, so, this was also mentioned while we were talking about the AHL team, and Rick Dollywell tweeted this out about an hour ago uh, okay. that it looks like the Canucks might be bringing back Ashton Sautner as some AHL depth. So, we kind of mentioned Canucks just have this this big group of, <laughs> you know, that sort of four to ninth best defensemen. Uh, and like you said, uh, Shen, will Levy, Hunt. Um, we, yeah. Rathbone might be above that tier at this point already. Uh, and then now Ashton Sautner being back in the mix. Um, just again, a bunch of depth, a bunch of guys to go fill that AHL roster for sure.
0: Yeah. Just uh, popping on the Canucks cap friendly page and, and it's the guys you mentioned. So on the main roster, they have Ekman, Larson Myers, Hamnick, Pullman, Rathbone, Shan, Hunt, Yolevi Hughes. So the nine guys we've been talking about, then I come down a little bit and right now they have listed Jet Wu, Brady keeper, Kyle Burroughs, Devante Stevens, Madison Bowie, Guillaume Brisbaud, and now it sounds like Ashton Sutner. But uh,
1: yeah, it's a lot yeah. of a lot of names. It's a lot of that is a lot of guys who are just not good <laughs> enough for the NHL. <laughs> uh, so that that might be a very good AHL defensive group. Uh, yeah, that's to be true. Honest, right. If you have guys yeah. like Bowie, Sautner, Hunt, like all, you know, in the HL, that could be a, a very, very strong, very, could be a very strong Abbotsford team. And I wonder if the Canucks are trying to do that, right? If they're trying to sort of stack up Abbotsford as a business move and, and try yeah. to make, try to make this new, brand new Abbotsford team, one of the top teams in the AHL right uh, some real potential there to bring in some fans in Abbotsford where if maybe the Canucks aren't doing so great uh, the people in Abbotsford, Chilliwack, Alder Grove, that sort of area can look and be like, wow, well this, this team right here is, is the one of the best teams in the league and they're winning a ton of games and these players might play for the Canucks eventually. Let's go watch them. Uh, you yeah. could just get more people in the arena.
0: That's an excellent point. And we've talked Parker uh, ever since they made the announcement, the, the, the ability that Canucks have to capitalize on the logo, the brand, the colors, the pride, yeah. but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. They need this team. They can't just get by on fan excitement alone. They need, they need the
1: team to win. They need both teams yep. to win the, yeah. HL team and the HL
0: team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'll and make s- our job a lot easier too. <laughs> and speaking of sort of the business side, uh, and, and making the, the business side stronger, the Canucks, uh, some turnover in the, uh, in the business, uh, in the business <laughs> yeah. side of the Canucks. Um, bringing in Michael Doyle to be the president of business operations as, uh, Trent Carroll, who is the current, uh, COO of the organization is leaving after just, uh, just under two years as COO for the Canucks. hmm hmm
0: And it's funny. Cause we were talking, as you were building that banner, we were kind of joking around as, uh, we know his last name is Doyle. I think I gave, um, a Steve and you gave a Jack
1: and we were both wrong way <laughs> off. Uh, very, it was a generic name. Let's be fair, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Right? It wasn't yeah. like uh, something off the board, but exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know but- a lot about this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he apparently, he has thirty years of experience in the sports and entertainment industry. Uh, he's top table part, group, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, he is the president yeah. of Top Table Group. Uh, he's been yeah. part of CSC for over ten years. Uh, okay. He he worked for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment for ten years, six years uh, with uh, the Mouse Walt Disney Company. Uh, so, I mean, it seems like a guy who's well-qualified uh, at the very least. Uh, just sort of interesting that we saw Jeff Stipek as the as the guy for a, a short period of time and then Trent Carroll as a short period of time. And now they bring in another guy, basically three guys in just a handful of years.
0: That's the, uh, you're right, Parker. That's the point we need to make. And by the way, I know Justin says in his comment, I've met Doyle, but Carroll we missed. I know Lucas also, like Justin, works for the Canucks, so they've probably met. Uh, you know, they probably even meant Trent Carroll, but yeah, I, you know, we, we joke around about the, the turnover on, on the ice, both for Abbotsford and Vancouver. It just shows that, uh, and with all due respect to Justin and Lucas and people that work for the Canucks and still do, which is good. It just shows how much uh, turnover, how much instability mm-hmm. there is. And it goes all the way to the, almost to the very top, right. When, when, it, with a group like this. So, and with a uh, announcement like this. So, I'm looking forward to, just like I'm sure fans, players, coaches, I'm looking forward to um, stability. And if I may, on that note, um, I did a, an interview with uh, Patrick Johnston of the, the province today yes. for my channel. And one thing is he, he talked about an article that he just wrote with Anton Roussel. And before we press record, he told me some stuff off the record, nothing too earth-shattering and nothing where I betray, betray his trust. But let's just say that this instability that you and I have been talking about for the past two or three minutes – the players feel it too. And that's not a good feeling. That's not a good feeling at all in such Mm. a crazy, in a crazy year. Right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Instability, And again, it's not entirely the Canucks fault, right? It was an absolutely wild year, of course, last year and a half where everything got turned upside down and, and, you know, no fans in the stands and the team didn't play well. So a lot of shakeup, um, it just sort of the, could be the nature of the beast sometimes, uh, in the industry here. Yep. You got it. All right. Let's go. uh, Let's do the last thing that's directly Canucks related. I just wanted to mention this because someone posted this on Twitter and it kind of shocked me, but uh, Quinn Hughes is the (laughs) longest tenured Canucks defenseman right now. After Alex Adler left, um, every defenseman on the Vancouver Canucks roster has been with the team. At least that has a contract right now has been on the team for less time than Quinn Hughes, who has not been we, with the team for long.
0: Yes. Quinn Hughes makes his debut uh, of her five game, you know, run in April of 2019. And that makes him the longest te- at two years and four months.
1: He is the longest tenured defense. That yeah. is wild. Parker. Talk about turnover. I mean, it's uh, a, <laughs> I, we, I, we've mentioned for the last couple of years that when the Canucks defense has been bad, we keep saying they can't come back with the same defense. They just, they got to <laughs> change something. Well, I mean, it took, two years, but everything is different. Um, Everyone that was on the Canucks defense previously is not uh, and not saying that they've necessarily gotten better. Uh, You know, guys like Tanev and Adler gone, uh, obviously huge pieces that are now with Calgary and LA. um, But it is a a whole new defense that is going to be unpredictable going into this season, right? We can look at the analytics, we can look at how these players played previously, like Ekman uh, Mm Larson, like all these guys, and we can sort of draw conclusions. But we don't know right we don't know how they're going to work together we don't know how they're going to if they're going to be motivated by a new team there's so many variables brought in here uh, especially this offseason with the amount of shakeup there's been uh that it it is hard to predict
0: no it's it's crazy and as you talk about that parker i'm just scanning through the forwards names in my head is bull horvat drafted 2013 the longest tenured Canuck, like obviously Brandon Sutter is older than him, played more years in the league. But as a Vancouver Canuck,
1: can you think of anyone that's been on the roster longer than twenty when he, Corvette he started in twenty fifteen? Definitely is the oldest, uh, like the longest tenured Canuck. Yeah. Just look at the list. There's no one else here close. Yeah. Um Unless wait, Thatcher Demko was drafted the next year, right? The following year. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. And it started so, a little. Yeah. Wow. And it started later, of course. Interesting. Uh, Well, hold on. No, no, no. Roberto Luongo is still on the cap. (laughs) So, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks Uh, for reminding me. The longest tenured Canuck who the Canucks were not his latest team. Uh, (laughs) Very, very interesting for sure. Uh, And then a couple other things that are semi Canucks related Alex Burrows, uh, former Canucks legend, really Um, signing a three-year coaching extension with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, So he is continuing his rise up the ranks in that organization.
0: Yeah, you, um, I presume not, but I'd love to hear your opinion. Are you surprised at all at how well he's adapted to coaching?
1: a little bit i mean it's it's a rise though was really quick um i mean he was playing just a couple of years ago right yeah. uh like really not that long ago but he got into coaching and he went straight to the ahl and then right away you know there was some turnover uh in the montreal organization uh and uh, that allowed him to sort of step up And i guess he impressed uh the brass there guys like bergevin uh yeah. and he is just uh, he's climbing the ranks and he could be a head coach uh pretty soon really Yes, and you think the intelligence is there because,
0: uh, in all seriousness, to play with the Cidians and to keep up with them, and to you know to to do well, perform well with them, you obviously have to be smart. You have to be yep. quick on your feet. So I, I presume he he knows the game well. I wasn't sure. Like, it's nothing to do with his, the the way he speaks English. I just didn't know how good of a communicator he was, and it sounds like he's a very good communicator and. And he's passionate, and he he's genuine—all the things maybe you want in a leader. So I'm I'm not surprised. Obviously, there are people wanting him to come back to Vancouver or whatever. Maybe that's down the road, but that's it's really good for men I think uh, Canucks fans should be very very happy for him. And it's not like they're in our division anymore, so that that yep.
1: that's gone now. No longer <laughs> direct rival, so that yes. is good. And uh, two more, just minor, minor, very barely Canucks-related things. John Tortorella signs with ESPN. <laughs> That is going to be so entertaining. Just seeing John Tortorella give short, nondescript answers <laughs> to, to panel questions.
0: <laughs> do you like his shtick Parker or do you get sick of it? Or are you it's kind a of, little, it's
1: a little overplayed at this okay. point, I think, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, I think he's fine. I, I just think, yeah, it's been, it's he's, he's done it enough. Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how he, how he sort of bounces off other people on TV. Uh, kind of, kind of interesting there, but, but barely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Were there times, uh, Parker, when he was on TSN, where
1: they would shoot the quiz at him, just make him mad. And he wouldn't even, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't acknowledge it really. Like it it just seems like an odd signing. Um, but I guess, you know, he's, uh, not going to be head coaching for a while, which is kind of surprising. I mean, he's been a, like, he was very good for Columbus for a couple of, a couple of years there, right? Jack Adams candidate. Did he win one year? I don't I think, think he, he want, I think he got close though. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, you know, had a real big impact on that organization. He, it was his time to leave there. Um, yeah. I, I think everyone sort of saw the writing on the wall, but I mean, you yeah. go back just a couple of years ago, that, that performance against Tampa Bay in the first oh, round yeah. of playoffs, where they go in against a team that won every game they played that year, basically. And they go out <laughs> and battle back in the game game one uh, down, I think three, nothing, and then go yeah. on and win the entire series. Uh, clearly a coach that can get something out of his players, uh, just really needs to be in the right environment.
0: Tampa Bay fans should actually be thanking him for letting a
1: fire under their team's button. Yeah. Now they've gone on to win two straight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely true there. Uh, and the last Canucks thing, I thought this was sort of an interesting, twi- uh, tidbit, uh, Quentin Grimes drafted yeah. to the NBA, uh, I think 24th, 25th overall, something like that. The half brother of Tyler Myers making them the first brother duo to have both been signed in the first round by nhl or nba teams kind of a weird a very weird trivia piece uh but you know yet very cool apparently yes
0: so part i have a funny story for you back during the the final four tournament for ncaa I, I whatever team that Quinton played for, they did well and they got pretty far. And then you'd hear a story. The Canucks would even tweet about Tyler Myers cheering on, you know, his brother. And I, I didn't put two and two together. I just presumed it was some Caucasian guy on, on whatever team. And then yeah. I see the pictures, and it actually it, it threw me for a loop. because And then I realized half brother. That makes a lot of sense now. But I just I didn't even think to look at, yeah, a picture of Quinton Grimes. And I'm it's a, it's an amazing story. It's so cool to. To have
1: a, I, I, is he as tall as Tyler Myers or like <laughs> he's probably if he's in the NBA you would assume uh, I, that's a really cool it, story. He's six, he's six five, so I think he's shorter. Okay, okay. I, I think he's, I think he's probably lacking the neck length. I think yes. that's uh, yeah. That's I'm sure he can yet. jump
0: jump higher than Tyler Myers. I, I probably think. Uh, just just a guess. No, but that's that is a pretty cool story, and uh, yeah, that, talk about good genes. Absolutely, I guess
1: from from the they share a mother. So that that's pretty awesome. That is very awesome absolutely uh that's kind of it for canucks topics Uh, okay so we're going to touch on a couple of other things around the nhl uh but we are going to start requesting soon for you guys in the chat Uh, there is a good chunk of you uh to start asking some questions wait like two minutes and we're going to just run through the rest of these things the first one is about the show uh we're continuing with wednesdays for now obviously our first like 15 episodes or 13 episodes, something like that. We're all on Monday nights at 10 PM. We shifted to Wednesdays because that was sort of when all the news was. And at least for the month of August, we're just going to stick with Wednesdays for now, just sort of works best for our schedules. Uh, more news seems to happen like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, which sort of caused us some issues where we'd be talking about stuff. That's a week old by the time it came to the show. Uh, so Wednesdays just sort of seemed like a good place to stick for right now.
0: Yeah, and I think what's really important to note is we didn't just make this, and it's not like a life-altering decision, we're a small but fun and really good Canucks podcast, but really, Very good. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we talk, we talked did talk about it, and we took this decision quite seriously, and, and we, we spent a lot of time talking about it actually over the past week, but whether in terms of our personal lives, our, our professional lives, and just, as Parker said, the flow of news and just the, the own rhythms of our own energy in our own lives and even looking quite frankly at the canuck schedule less games on this day more games on this day whatever it may be this is what we're going to stick to and, and we think it's going to work and we hope that you guys come along but sh- truly shoot us some feedback if there's enough of you saying oh man this stinks i can monday's way better we we want to hear that but right now we we feel that this is right and we, we technically we're, we're starting it now but we started it back in july
1: yeah and the, i mean a big part of it, i mean think of it like monday like after a weekend, you go hard on the weekend, you have a good time, you come back at work on Monday, and then we <laughs> have to be up to like 1130 to do the show. It's We're just tired at that point. Wednesday, we're in the groove of the week. We're in the we're, groove. We're over the hump of the week. Uh, yeah. So we're going to cruise with this for a little bit. We'll see how things go during the season. Uh, I don't think either of us have really decided what our plans are personally on our channels for the regular season yet. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how that sort of works out. Uh, but for right now, sticking with Wednesdays at least for August.
0: And I will give a shout out to Parker. Parker, as you know, he's the brain. He's the he's the the brain behind this Canucks After Dark machine. But he also um, gets up way earlier than I do. So he he admittedly uh, – well, he, not admittedly. He is doing a solid for us, basically for me, because, uh, man, I'm just hitting my prime at 10.30 at 11 p.m. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you are used to it. All of your streams have always been about 10.00. Uh, I remember, I still remember that phone call when we first discussed the show and you were like, you were like, how about 10? (laughs) I was like, all right, (laughs) that's fine. Uh, and it's a good time. There's not much competition. Uh, You guys are up late anyways. We're, we're just maximizing it here. That's awesome. Thank you, (laughs) man. All right. Let's go on to some other NHL stuff. Uh, we'll touch on these all for about a minute, each, uh, sort of cruise through, them. first one, um, some news in San Jose, Evander Kane. Oh. Um, some controversy, some some Pete Rose-esque controversy uh, on the gambling side. Um, basically, his in his words, soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, which is a heck of a quote, um, yeah. saying that uh, basically he's been gambling a ton, which we kind of knew, but then also gambling on his own NHL games. Um, now, again, this isn't confirmed. The NHL... Was very very quick to launch an investigation into this. Um, of all things, is all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they uh, they jump right into it, and uh, if this is something that turns out to be true, uh, he could. I mean that that would just be it, I think, uh, for Evander Kane.
0: Yeah, I, I, we don't want to spend too much time on this because there's there's a lot of allegations, nothing proved yet. Da da da. Right. But it's not a good look. You're you're right. It's not a good look. We've heard now reports of teammates not wanting to play. With him, not we've heard of him voluntarily taking a a break from the Hockey Diversity Alliance, right? So there's just not a good look at all. And um, this isn't going to do anything for the people listening. But for those people watching, that's a picture. Oh, which way am I going here? So that's my son, Sean, (laughs) with Evander Kane. Evander Kane did come into, yes, come to the bowling alley once. So that was from (laughs) a couple years ago. But I'll tell you one interesting story. You guys know that my first cousin, Dusty, um, two years in the Winnipeg Jets organization, then four years in LA, the one year in the KHL in his two years in Winnipeg, right when they're done, I actually asked Dusty about Evander Kane. And I asked him what was his attitude like, and remember this is six, seven, eight years ago. And I, I won't say too much, but Dusty basically told me a couple of stories and hinted to me that, uh, back then, even his teammates didn't like him because of Not his, the most positive. Yep, exactly. Immaturity. Yep. So no surprises, unfortunately. Yeah. But just uh, some little
1: scoop there for, for our viewers, Parker. Yeah. And if more info comes out of that, we'll break it right away as long as it's on a Wednesday. Yes. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next one that we'll touch on, uh, Jack Eichel and his agents turning up the heat yes. on the Buffalo Sabres organization. This was wild. And I highly recommend you look up the statement if you haven't seen it already, uh, really just a scathing review from his agents um, on the way this, the Buffalo Sabres have conducted themselves in the whole Jack Eichel surgery uh, saga. Uh, wh- whose side are you on on this one?
0: Parker, all I know is if we ever need agents, I want to have Jack Eichel's agents as our guys because they, they, yeah. they'd get us some good. Now, Amelia, I didn't read through the whole thing. Are they basically taking issue with Buffalo's handling of
1: his injury? Right. So basically, the way things work in the CBA is the team doctor has the final say on what gets done. So Jack Eichel can go get a second opinion as my light goes out here. Uh, Jack Eichel can go get a second opinion uh, from another doctor, and then he can take that second opinion back to the team doctor who can then say, Nah, (laughs) we don't like that opinion. Uh, Which is kind of what's happened here. Jack Eichel uh, has uh, I think disc problems in his, uh, in his back. Uh, basically there's two options. One is a replacement, which is what his doctor recommends. And one is a fusion, which is what the team doctor recommends. Uh, the Mm. team doc or the, the doc, Jack Eichel's doctor then went on 31 thoughts, uh, with Elliot Friedman, uh, talked about all of these things on why this is the right move on a player of, of his age. If he gets the fusion surgery, he will need another one before his career is over and another one later on in life. Uh, And so sort of just the best for Jack Eichel. Meanwhile, I think the Buffalo team doctor is looking at that and saying, well, it's a little more risky of a procedure. We want him to be healthy and playing for us and having more trade value and not really looking out for the person first uh, is sort of what I gathered from it. Um, So it really looks like uh, the the team doctor who at the end of the day, like sort of gets, you know, um, the the notes on on what lane to be in from the upper yes. management, potentially. Um, it's just sort of, a, it's a weird way the CBA works. Uh, it's going to hurt his trade value even more. Uh, and he clearly wants out of there. The way you, and thank you,
0: Parker, for that explanation. The way you explain it, you, you'd think that Jack Eichel's doctor would be more objective and truly want the best for him. And as you said, the team doctor is likely balancing a couple of competing narratives, not his fault, but they're, the team's probably telling them, you know, do everything you can to, to get him playing for us. Yeah, yeah, That's tough. That's tough. Cause you know, it's easy to say this is more than hockey, right? You got to put things in perspective, all those things, because this is their livelihood. This is their chance to make money. This is what they've trained for all their life. So, but when I, when I hear myself speak, you, you'd like to think that you do what's best for the person first at the risk of your franchise. And I I
1: saw Lucas has just fold the Sabres franchise. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a dog's breakfast for sure. There's so much wrong there. And there was all, they were also in the news with their ownership this week, um, trying to basically wanting new arenas for both the bills and the Sabres, but it has to be 100% taxpayer funded and all these things. And it's just like, they're just so much bad PR around yeah. this organization right now. And for good reason. Uh, it is deserved. Bad PR because this team just nothing has gone right for Buffalo in a long time except for getting the first overall pick. But yeah. who knows how that's going to go? A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's go to the next one here. David Krejci. Uh, yeah, basically just calling it, uh, which was surprising because I think he is still really good. I, I want to just check his point show point totals here sure. uh, from last year, but he had uh, pulling it up, pulling it up. He had, uh, 44 points in 51 games this year, wow. um, for Boston, uh, always, you know, basically like a three quarters of a point per game player, uh, only 35 years old. Uh, but mm-hmm. he has decided to leave the Boston Bruins of which he's a very big part of, and they're still yeah. trying to, you know, they're still trying to compete for a Stanley cup right now, uh, before, you know, Bergeron and Marchand are done um and he's just he's heading out and i think it was mostly family reasons i think he wants his kids uh, to grow up at at home in the czech republic uh so he said look i've made enough money i've made a good enough impact he's got a stanley cup and he's gone
0: yeah you make a really good point because i was going to ask you before you mentioned their names he's kind of like the underappreciated Bruin because when i say to you parker name me two boston Bruin forwards who are the two guys you mentioned
1: it's Bergeron, like, Marchand every time.
0: Exactly, and Krejci is kind of like this underappreciated, solid. You, you just read his stats: forty-four and fifty-one. That's that's pretty. That's pretty darn strong. And maybe after a crazy year and a half, he just wants more. Here's the maybe it's the the buzzword of our podcast tonight is stability. He just wants a more stable environment. You're right. He's made the money. He's won his Stanley Cup. Um, have they won one or two? Just one, right? Just one twenty eleven. They haven't won since then, right? No, they have okay, not. Just, just making sure. Then I'd be doubly sad. But yeah, uh, it, it makes sense that uh and and I, I don't think it's gonna be a mass defection, but maybe we're gonna see more of these things in the next couple of years. Well, maybe not. We'll see. But um a bit a bit of a
1: surprise for sure. Yeah, and he, he's putting himself first. And you know what? Every right to do that. And it it really yeah. does make Boston worse. Like, I, I mean, he was. Yeah. I think he was just there, he was their 2C forever. Uh, yeah. and him leaving a, a good 2A center that puts up just a lot of assists really every year. <laughs> um, and, and him leaving is going to be a big hole for uh, for Boston to fill. Um, and the last thing we've sort of touched on this insane defenseman market, uh, Zach Orensky getting wow, getting huge dollars, and again, another guy who hasn't been excellent lately. He's a good defenseman, uh, but hasn't been like lighting the world on fire. Six years, over nine and a half million dollars per year. I think a 55 million dollar contract or something like that actually probably more than that. Um, but a ton of a ton of money.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, and I, I think I listened to the same Van Cast episode that you did. I think Thomas Strands talked about the fact that. Ruwenski and Jones not the best comparable to Hughes because th- they're further down and this is their third contract right. basically They're right? UFAs but, yes. So. so. But 9.5 and I think you tweeted about this story. It's Come up Darnell Nurse isn't he looking at 9.5 as well? Like yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think that's going to be 8 years.
1: And what? Nurse is really Nurse really had one excellent offensive year. Uh yeah. this this year too if we're, if we're touching on that like um yeah. like he he took over. He was I mean I had him in fantasy. He was excellent. Um, but yeah, like sort of one, one year coming through and and tearing it up offensively and, and analytically not excellent defensively, um, Mm -hmm. and just tearing it up uh, as a 26 year old and and putting up a ton of points. Um, and now he's going to get a ton of money, uh, in an extension. So this, this also, Leads me to the fact why it makes sense to go
0: bridge for Hughes too. Like he he's not going to make nine five yet, like a Wronski, like a Nurse, like a like a Seth Jones, because he's not at that level yet. But um, you're creeping a little bit more towards that level when you look at Makar and Haiskinen as well, right? So, it, circ- cycling, circling right back to the first thing you said about Hughes is control him at a bridge deal, and um, and I think that's what people are expecting. But when I see that number, that is that's absolutely nuts, man. He's a good player, but.
1: Yeah, that does get risky, though, right? Uh, Because Darnell nurse uh, got off of his ELC about four years ago, three years Mm ago, uh, signed a two year bridge at 3.2 million a year, and then signed another two year bridge at 5.6 million. Okay, right. And now he's going to be getting, you know, nine plus, Uh, if they had gone after that first two year bridge where he's making 3.2, if they had gone like eight by even seven instead of two by five point six, right? Then they're getting almost the same amount of years. Two less years at the end of the day. I'm uh, on ahead, but getting yeah. way more savings uh, on something True. like that. So it's definitely a balancing act. Wow, nine point five, lot of money. <laughs> All right, it is ten forty one. We are forty one minutes in, and we are already out of topics. Uh, so it is your time to shine. We can show your comments on screen. Uh, Mm -hmm. as we've done, we'll read them out. Uh, if you are listening after the fact in the podcast form, uh, sorry, you can't participate here, but, uh, you know, next time tune in live and you can, um, so we will let, uh, these come through for a moment. Uh, Clay, anything else you wanted to, wanted to talk about, chat about while we wait?
0: Yeah, no, I, uh as we wait for these questions to come in by the way uh, we've kind of gotten away from it because we've been so busy but if you have a, a good don't do that put that in there as well we will we'll will take questions and don't do that so, no i just think uh um now now truly we're going to be in the dog days of summer right we had a crazy yes. crazy 3 weeks and now we may be having to do kind of more some hypothetical videos and stuff like that on our, on our channels but that's those are fun too
1: yeah and lots of podcasts and lots of people are taking breaks during this time yeah. Not us. We're gonna not keep us. grinding. Uh, we got the grind set, uh, so we're just gonna we're gonna keep moving forward. Is, uh, and is that by a thing way, that young people say? The grind set. Grind set. The grind mindset. Uh, not really, but it's fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, uh, if you haven't already, uh, and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, especially, leave us a five star review. We'll read it out during the show. Clay, why don't you pick a comment here?
0: All right, let's go um, with uh okay um actually lucas gates about tyson geek uh, leaving the canucks I, I like this one because he was the in house in arena game host uh for yep. the 50th season and i thought he was great like i, I don't thought know he was, he was great too yeah he was he was engaging he was he, he he did his job and he did his job well i think i saw lucas uh hinting at that maybe he's got some other priorities other commitments too but yeah um we'll see um who who you know, feels the spot.
1: Parker, is that something you think you'd be good at in game host for the Canucks? I, there'd be way too much pressure. Uh, I'd get, <laughs> I'd get nervous. Um, look, I can, I can talk to, I can talk to, I mean, look, our last two episodes had, had thousands of, of plays each. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I, I've, you know, I, my videos over the lifespan have had like 300,000 views. Clay's have had millions. Uh, that's fine. Cause I, at the end of the day, I'm in a room talking to clay or I'm talking to my camera. Uh, but <laughs> Having 18,000 people around me instantly yeah. reacting, that's a little different. Um, I think I could pull it off once, yeah. but I, I would be very, very nervous. <laughs> so
0: here's a—as As cocky as this sounds, I, I know I could do it. I, I'm not saying I could do a good job, but I, I would feel like i thrive off that kind of energy, that spontaneity. Yeah. But I know I'd be stuttering, mumbling, and, and just, I, heck, I do that on these podcasts. What am I going to do in front of 19,000 people? But interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in
1: that job. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be an interesting opening. Um, I'm <laughs> my I mean, my, my email, my inbox is open. Uh, if, uh, Francesco, if you're watching out there, let me yeah. let me know or uh, whoever the business ops guy is not Jack, Michael, Doyle. Michael, Michael, <laughs> Michael, yes, Michael, Doyle. Michael Doyle. Yeah, hit me up. Uh, Alright, let's, uh, let's move on then Noah asking uh, about Madison Bowie. Uh, does he play in Abbotsford then? Uh, I think so. I think there yeah. are way, way too many um, there is such a glut of of like I said that seventh and down defensemen, um, you know, like you know uh, Shen and Hunt and all the, and Sautner and all these other guys, Sautner potentially, Yuu uh, Levy, all these guys that are just sort of building up. Like Bowie might be like a f- number three or four defenseman in Abbotsford, right? He in might in not be top pairing. Yes. Like uh, yeah, there's so many so many AHL depth defensemen there. Um, yeah. for the Canucks to deal with
0: Parker, true story. I thought when we first got him and they did that nice interview with him, in, uh, as he was on a, on an airport getting ready to, to fly to Vancouver, I actually thought he was going to get some sort of look like I knew he was insurance for the expansion draft, but I didn't know it'd be like one of those insurance policies that you put in your glove compartment. You don't even it's remember there. that it's yep. there. <laughs> it's
1: uh, it so will surprised. stay there for the next year.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true can you put
0: up Nicole's for me? I like, we're in a good mood. I think we can go off. Yeah. So I gotta tell you, I've been, as a night owl, I've been actually getting up to watch Andre DeGrasse run. I've been getting up to watch, you know, the, the, the soccer match and, and all these things. I, I don't mind. And I, maybe it's because I'm off work, but I thought even if I was working, I think I'd still get up and then just be a zombie throughout the day. But I've really enjoyed, and I've told you before, the two things I like in the Summer Olympics are track and basketball. Basketball I just kind of whole hum so far because they're not at the semis yet. But the track, Andre DeGrasse, the four by one team um, yeah. qualifying, DeGrasse winning gold, and then a, a bronze in the hundred meters. It's been
1: amazing. I love it. Absolutely, yeah. I've been uh, I've been just PVRing all of it. Yeah, can we catch up uh, at night? Uh, and I woke up, I woke up at like 630 this morning. And I checked Twitter. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's what happened. I guess I'll <laughs> see that later tonight. Uh, so y- it was, it was your tweet I saw first. Oh, uh, cool. So you, you did spoil it for me, but that's okay. Cause uh, there was oh, three oh, I mean, others right below. There was Friedman's tweet about it. There was CBC sports. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so it was, real pe- it, was yeah. Getting, it was getting spoiled for me regardless. But yeah, no, so, excellent, um, yeah. excellent, excellent runs uh, for, uh, from Andre. And one interesting thing, just to close
0: that topic, is uh, Canada playing Sweden for the, the final in women's soccer. Yes. supposed to be playing tomorrow night at, I guess, seven or 5 or 7 p.m. our time, yep. which would be a morning time in Japan. But they're worried about the heat. They're worried about their own safety. So they've requested – I'm not sure if they've finalized it. Did they end up pushing? I didn't the- see
1: that, but I, I remember I was watching the, the heptathlon today. Um, yep. uh, and I, I heard that they said it was like 44 on the humidex which is i mean we had it at 45 here a couple of weeks ago and that was un- it was you, you couldn't go outside yes uh, and these people are you know a 90 minute soccer match <laughs> yes. uh, or i mean we saw people running like the 1500 meter today and it's yeah. like ha- how are you doing that like that looks just like like you just die um yeah. but uh yeah definitely definitely uh i wouldn't be surprised if they moved it yeah, um, but that is something that I, I am looking forward to. Is that that match against uh, against the U.S. the other day was was oh, wild. It was wonderful. So if they, uh,
0: yeah, first world problems. If they do move it to the afternoon later in the day in Tokyo, that means it's an early morning. So we're. Yeah, lo- I'm, like I'm guessing it's 3 gonna be another one for us. Exactly, yeah. a one or three a.m. for us. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to pick another one here? I haven't really been looking. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's is pretty funny. The
0: Justin's the, the one uh, who scores first. And what you start off with, it go for it. This is a
1: good one. All right, Justin asks, who scores first versus the Canucks next year? The Russell, Erickson and Beagle first line in Arizona or Edler in L.A. Um, I'm gonna I'm playing the numbers game. It'll it, I'm gonna go with Arizona <laughs> because there's three of them. And, uh, none of them scored last year, really. Right. Edler didn't score last year. There's no way Roussel had more than like three goals. I don't remember what the numbers were. Uh, I know Erickson didn't score cause he didn't play. Right. And, and I'm assuming Beagle had like two goals or something. <laughs> so I am going to, you know what I'm taking the under, I'm taking nobody. None of these people <laughs> score against the Canucks next year. I'm calling it.
0: Yeah. You know, um, if you went by sheer games played chances, you we play Arizona three times and we play all Pacific Division teams four times except for LA and San Jose. So we only we play, play three times. Yes, yeah, so- the numbers
1: game. You take the three forwards over the one defenseman. Okay, I, I uh, if, I had, be- if I had if I had if I had to pick from those three though, it would it would be Erickson, but it would be on his own net. So he's scoring <laughs> for the Canucks, um, and that's my that's locking it in.
0: Okay, I'm going Roussel off, uh, off, uh, you know, off escape, but that's okay. Can you put up uh, uh, Noah's? Did you hear about Travis Boyd? Because this is technically a, a Canucks related story. I missed it. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I, oh, actually, I saw it. Yes. So before the Brandon Center news, before the Jay Beagle even trade that we just talked about, I would I would always say I didn't mind Travis Boyd. I, I, he was more noticeable to me. Then Jimmy VC, his Toronto counterpart that came over, and yeah. Boyd actually scored a couple of times in, in mean nothing games, mind you. But he actually scored a couple of times, so I thought he could be a versatile, versatile option. But uh, like as soon as Beagle seed. got, yeah, exactly, yeah, maybe depth even. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess not to be. He's probably
1: cheap. Yeah, uh, he was cheap. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't super enamored with Travis Boyd. No okay, I, or, or VC to uh, obviously, um, yeah. like, like VC, I really didn't see much. And, I, and then Boyd, he had those flashes. But uh, I thought Gravac was better than boy than Boyd was at the end of mm. the season last year. Uh, so I would have preferred them bringing him back, but he left uh, for Europe. Yeah. Um, and and you know, look, it's it, it's one of those things where it's not a huge deal. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, good for him getting a, getting a contract. Um, but you know, he would have been depth. He would have been behind Sutter in the depth chart. He would have been number five, um, after, especially after Dickinson gets brought in. Um, so no real room in the lineup, but in Arizona, which is now the Canucks dumping ground, uh, apparently, uh, mm-hmm. he will get some playing time.
0: All those, not even fourth line, fifth line guys. <laughs> vc boyd harlock Gravac, they're all gone now aren't they
1: yep and uh yeah. and that's fine again uh, like at like, there, like there's a personal side and it sounds like really mean to just like they they <laughs> at the, like they're replaceable <laughs> yeah. and it sounds bad but you know when we're just talking numbers and players numbers. and contracts Uh, They are, right? I mean, there's a million, there's not a million, there's there's a hundred of these guys out there that you can pay a million dollars and they'll play eight minutes a night, uh, 32 times a year, and you'll be fine. Uh, And Mm. that's sort of what all these guys were. Uh, You wouldn't want them to be in the lineup every night. Um, And the Canucks have guys like this already, right? They've got Highmore, they've got Bailey, they've got McEwen, uh, they've got uh, Mott's above that, obviously. Uh, But (laughs) sort of that, you know, those guys at that caliber, that replacement level players as the, the analytics side likes to coin them. Uh, Cause that's basically how it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just use a Parker Parker. likes to say, absolutely. I I just Do say, I? Oh, man, yeah, no, it's a good thing. <laughs> Cause you're, you're affirming mostly what I say. Uh, Edmund, <laughs> uh, the, the most recent one, any word on what numbers. So uh, Edmund Larson wears 23. Is that correct? Yes. So he'll just take, like, it's not like Ed, there's numbers being retired. He'll go ring of
1: honor, but it's not, like, his, I wonder if he'll ask, uh, just as like, uh, but I, I I'm sure I, I don't see Edler saying no, <laughs> yeah. uh, Good cause point. I think they're close. Um, so probably, yeah. and then Garland was, uh, 83, right. And Beagle's so Beagle. gone. Okay. So that works fine too. So I would assume 83 and 23. Um, yeah. but who knows, uh, it's not set in stone yet. Yeah. Okay. And then Jason Dickinson. Exempl- we-
0: it's weird. Like I was looking for thumbnails. Did he wear 16 and 18? Cause I've seen both. Oh really?
1: Oh, yeah. Man. Well, he's not going to wear 16 here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and uh, 18. Would you
0: touch that number?
1: <laughs> I think, I think we need it. Uh, let's take an 18. I'll, everything. I'm Oh no, there's a 16 on his Jersey. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. He must've switched. Um, would someone have gotten traded to t- there that would have taken it? Pavelski's not. No, that, no, he's like an eight. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think know. he'll, he'll probably end up with 18. I think that would be a no. safe bet. Why don't you put up ourselves uh, and start with it. That's a good one. All right. Uh, Arcel asks, Hey guys, where do you think our defense is right now compared to where it needs to be to make the playoffs? Yeah. Um, so to start, I ran two polls uh, yesterday. I ran one on my YouTube channel and I ran one on Twitter. Folks, you're optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> i did the this is the question that i i we asked it during canucks after dark last week i i said uh where do you think the canucks will finish first second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth uh on youtube 464 votes Whoa. uh 59 said third or fourth 22 percent said first or second and then 19 percent for the bottom four so that's of people basically that are saying this is a playoff team, or at least close enough to a playoff team. My Twitter poll that I ran was 40% first or second, (laughs) 48% third or fourth, and then 8% 4% for the last two. So you guys think that this is a playoff team right now. I am. I didn't make this an option, but I am a fourth slash fifth right now, um, because I think Based on what we saw last or this last year, the the Canucks really underachieved and they, they need to, they need to convince me that they're not going to do that again this year. Um, I'm just, I'm just nervous. Um, So when I look at the defense, uh, I'm, I am concerned about it. Uh, I think the forward group is now good enough to mostly counteract the problems that the, like they might be able to either outscore the defense or have (laughs) guys like Dickinson hopefully uh, help the defense, and then Demko again being a wall. Ideally, um, I, if you if you were to look at the average playoff team, the Canucks' current defense is worse than that. Um, yeah. If the Canucks were able to have an average defense, then we're talking about you know potentially like a top ten team in the NHL, right? Because you're mm. talking about probably a top ten forward group, a at least a top nine, uh, top ten goalie tandem probably. And then if you had an average defense, you know, if you can combine all three of those, you're probably in the top, you know, grouping of teams. Now you need to be top 16 to make the playoffs. And I think the Canucks are probably in the 13 to 18 range. Um, So I think it would be minor improvements uh, would be needed if you want to be more confident in them being a playoff team.
0: Yeah. You know, I have a take on this and I've never shared it in my videos. I, I was just thinking about it as you were rattling off some of those expectations when I think of the left side, we think of Ekman Larson, Hughes, and Rathbone. And it's really funny how we want them to all have really like prove me wrong seasons. We want Ekman Larson to show that he's better than he was in Arizona. We want Hughes to show that last season was was just kind of a bad sophomore slump season. And or not even was that a second year or third year? Is that a second? No, that was his third. No, technically his rookie. Okay. But you know, better than, and then we, and I've always been saying, oh, I'm so high on Rathbone. I think he, I think he's going to surprise people on the right side. It's almost like, we just hope these guys don't suck. Right? Like we, we, we don't want Tyler Myers to be bad. We hope Travis Hamnick is okay. And it has way better start than last year. And we want Pullman to outplay his contract as the Sedins would say, but isn't it funny how, at least for me the left side is kind of like going to run this defense and we want them to perform really well. And we just want the right side to Survive. do their job. Yeah. Yeah. Stay it's afloat.
1: True. You got uh, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the left side is going to be like a tugboat. <laughs> just like, just keep, <laughs> keep the right side moving. Keep them, keep them hanging on. Uh, so that'll be uh yeah, that, it, it, it's, it's a really weird dynamic uh, on the right hand side, I mean, there's not a lot of great right hand defensemen out there, anyways. That's why they get yeah, some- that's um, a good point, and uh, that's something the Canucks are just sort of uh, mm-hmm. sort of suffering with.
0: All right, time for one more. You you pick it.
1: Uh, tr- 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 I'm going to sort of bounce off of this, uh, this comment by fan oh, like asking, yeah. do you think Di Pietro, with a year in the AHL will be really beneficial to get him ready? And I'm sort of going to morph this into, do you think after this year in the AHL, assuming Di Pietro plays 70% of the games, will he be NHL backup ready by next season when Halak's contract is up? Okay. You want go me ahead. to go first? Yeah, oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my answer is yes. I, I think the fact that, he has easier access to Ian Clark. The fact that I don't know how they do this transaction-wise, but he could actually practice with the big club sometimes if, if they have a big gap between games. I know they were talking about that on, on some, some podcasts and stuff. I just think there's the proximity to his goalie coach, not only uh, you know our development coach, but rather the, the main director of goaltending, I think that can only help. And the fact that they signed Halak for one year, they, they know. They, they've laid out the path, and it's very clear that they're, w- they're paving the way for DPS show. So by hook and by crook, he'll be, he'll be on the team as the backup for the 2022, 2023 season.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a low risk, uh, move, right? The, this Black yeah. move, because let's say D Pietro goes out there and he is excellent, uh, like we are hoping, uh, cause he's shown that he's really good at the AHL level and he gets a lot of good practice time, gets a lot of good game time, cause he didn't get that game time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he comes out and kind of puts up a dud of a season, Well, you can still, you can just go do another halak, right? Go find another, you know, cheap guy for one year uh, as a stopgap. But if DiPietro proves that he's ready to go to the next level, um, which uh, I I think he could, and I'm hoping he can, uh, because he does really look to have high upside, uh, then, um, you know, we can, we can hope for the best there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a good way of putting it. So. Bottom line, when you look at our team kind of summarizing everything we've talked about over the past hour, past three weeks. We love our forwards. We like
1: our goaltending. And uh this I'm a little, is- s- little scared of the defense. Uh, and that's it's exciting, right? This is yeah. a this is a Canucks team where every game is going to matter this season. Because yeah. if they make the playoffs, it's gonna be by a few points. If they miss the playoffs, it's gonna be by a few points. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be really, you know, every point is going to matter. Uh, before we wrap up here, there's a comment from eternal silence here asking how many goals do you think pod Colson will score next season? I'm going to use this as a little teaser for next week's episode. Uh, I have some plans, uh, maybe, maybe some, uh, some prop bets for the season that we might do. And we'll get you guys involved in those as well. Maybe a little prize on the line. We'll see. So make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode, Wednesday, 10 PM as all of our episodes will be for the month of August at least, and likely into the future. Uh, we'll, of course, update you if that changes. And to get those updates, make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. He's at Canuck Clay. I'm at Parker's Pucks. You can find us on YouTube, Parker's Pucks Canuck Clay. You can just type either of those into Google, and you'll get all of our stuff, uh, which <laughs> will do just fine. Uh, we've Clay's pumping out videos every day. I'm doing videos every couple of days. So lots of content for you guys. And if you want to listen to older Canucks after dark podcast. Maybe you, this is your first one. Uh, You can go back onto our YouTube or onto our podcast. Here are thoughts on the Ekman Larson and Connor Garland trade. Here are thoughts on free agent frenzy and all of those good things. Uh, Clay, any parting words for, yeah, I,
0: I just want to say we're pretty grateful for the support we've seen. We're five subscribers away from 500 on YouTube, which is that, that jump from three to four, three to 500 was very, very, we're large. We've seen some of the numbers in the back end with our podcast episodes. So well, thank you. Thank you. We know that we're filling a void right now. We're one of the more regular shows going on and we, we're looking forward to th- when the season starts and um, we're going to be creative we're, and you'll see it next Wednesday. Parker's already ran a couple things by me. Now I'm all nervous but we're, we're going to make it work and uh, it's going to be a fun show next week. Like I think I thought tonight's was, was fun. There's less pressure because there wasn't really much to get through but we made it yeah. work and and I, I thought it was great tonight. So
1: thank you, Parker, and enjoy your Skittles, man. I will. And of course, you know we we always value your interaction. Uh, so any comments we did miss through the show, we'll go back and we do read them. Uh, and if you're watching after the fact, feel free to leave a comment on the YouTube video. Uh, and you said five subscribers away from 500. We are now three away from 500. So if you are not subscribed ah. uh, on, on YouTube, go do that. Get us over the 500 mark and leave a like on the video while you are here. Uh, that is going to be it for us. Thank you guys once again for sticking with us this week. We'll be back on the 11th next Wednesday, maybe with a Pedersen contract (laughs) to talk about who knows, we will see. Uh, And I hope you guys have an excellent, excellent time. uh, Excellent week. Talk to you guys later.